0: Welcome back to the Darren Batchelder's Multifamily Real Estate Investing Show. Today, we have a guest who truly embodies the spirit of serving. A former fighter pilot turned savvy investor who believes in the power of real estate as a vehicle for creating passive income and building wealth. Please welcome Lane Bean, a dynamic individual who has turned his desire into action Investing in high-performing multifamily real estate opportunities and guiding others to do the same. Lane's passion for real estate and his commitment to fostering a culture of success among his team is truly commendable. But before we get started, if you're looking to invest in multifamily real estate and you could use some help, visit darrenbatchelder.com forward slash investor call and schedule a call today. This episode is sponsored by Cashflow Portal, real estate syndication software that accelerates capital raising. I'm both an LP and a GP in many multifamily deals. I've used many different software applications for the capital raising process, and I like Cashflow Portal the most. I'm so confident in the software and the Cashflow Portal team that I've become an investor in the company. If you are a syndicator looking for a software platform, then let the Cashflow Portal team know that you heard about them on Darren's podcast and you will automatically receive three months off an annual contract. You can find the company at cashflowportal.com. Welcome to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show. Each week you will learn how to grow your wealth through real estate investing. Be introduced to the players that are getting it done and learn how you can get involved. And now, here's your host, Darren Batchelder. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest. We've got Lane Bean on the show. Lane, appreciate you coming on the show.
1: My pleasure, Darren. I'm glad to share with your audience the things I've learned in real estate investing so they can get, be a better millionaire, faster and safer than um than I did
0: fantastic, so um you know before we we jump in uh just a little bit on how uh, Lane and I know each other, this is the first time we're actually talking, but Lane th- may not even know this, but I heard him speak on a on a podcast with old capital, and uh when i so I got started about five years ago, and um he's an award winning property owner. Uh, on his first syndication deal. So, uh, you know, we'll have him share a little bit about that um, a little bit later. But i um, interested to hear what he's been up to uh, with that lane. Typically, the first thing I ask is how many properties and how many units you're invested in.
1: Yeah, Darren, I appreciate you inviting me to talk to your audience today and share what I've learned. Um, our current portfolio at Pilot-Legacy, which is the company that I founded, several years ago, has five assets in our management, just under a thousand units. And we have the spectrum of strategies from uh, existing redevelopment to ground up development. So we have a wide variety of C plus assets we're upgrading and then A plus assets that are brand new construction.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Your background, you started... First of all, thank you for your service. Maybe, maybe share just a little bit on your, your background so people uh, understand that. I, I'm aware of it, but the listeners yeah. may not be. So, Well, I had the best job ever.
1: And for 28 years, I was an Air Force officer. And I got a chance to fly um, some of the coolest aircraft in the world. And um, I retired in 2019 from the United States Air Force. And prior to that time, I started serving uh, after my graduation from the United States Air Force Academy in 1991 and the pilot course. I was a pilot for 28 years from 1991 to 19 or 2020. And then uh, I retired completely. I still fly general aviation, not commercial. So I'm not an airline pilot, but I still enjoy flying. And uh, just this weekend, I'd got my glide my glider uh, addition to that. So I was able to get into a glider license as well. So I enjoy flying and love it. It's, it's a top passion of my life.
0: That's, that's awesome. Um, so is it like Top Gun?
1: No, uh, <laughs> yes. And no, I thought Top Gun was really good. Very
0: good movies. Um, the, the, the new one was I, like, I had, my expectations were yeah. low. Like I didn't think that they were going to be able to compete with the original. And, the, and actually it was very, I thought it was very yeah. good as well. It was very good. The best thing I can tell you, Darren, to,
1: uh, to make an example, and, and this is going to be far short of what it's actually like, but it's similar. It's a roller coaster with no rails. So if you like roller coasters, uh, then you would, you would like a lot of what we do. It's not all that way, but it's a roller coaster with no rails. That, and that's I got to do that cool. probably cool. about three times a week for 28 years. So it was a, it was a lot of fun.
0: Amazing. Did you ever were you ever one of the guys that flew over one of the games? Yeah all the time you know, like we flew yeah, over two. all the time I mean that, I just think that the timing on that is amazing. like you know you're at a baseball game or a football game whatever all of a sudden, three fighter school. <laughs> right yeah right by. The, the funny yeah, part so about that, that, Darren
1: is so you know it's not necessarily a time on your watch, it's a time that the singer begins. So a lot of these singers you know, they, they've practiced and they can tell you, okay, from the start to the end is a minute and 45 seconds, but some of them hold their notes longer during the right. course of the game. And so now that one minute 45 becomes one minute 55. And if you're 10 seconds early, that's not good. If you're 10 seconds late, right. that's not good. And so it's, uh, it's as much on the pilots as it is on the singer and the administration to make sure that it's, Hey, at nine o'clock, they're going to begin the song at 9.01.30. We want you overhead the stadium. And then you'll be, you know, 9, 9, 0, 1, 10 seconds. And then they'll say, delay, delay, delay. And you're like, I'm on, you know, I'm going 70 miles on the highway. I can't delay. I'm going to be a mile. Right. From <laughs> it's, it's, it's a challenge. And some of the things that you think are uh, a responsibility of the pilot are really just what the pilot's executing on. So. Sure. Yes, I flew over a lot of games.
0: That's that's cool. Well, it seems like they're, you and, and your colleagues and other people that are doing it are always spot on time. Like that's what it seems like to the you know, the people that are in the stadium. It's like, how do they get that right every time going that fast? So um, we will get into the multifamily <laughs> world, but I do want to ask you, you know, be, look, being a fighter pilot, being in the military. There's a lot of discipline in that. There's a lot of uh, order. And, you know, actually, when you said roller coaster with no rails, like, you know, pushing past fear. And how did that background help you in getting into real estate investing?
1: Darren, that's a great question. And we could have a whole chapter, a whole multiple hours on that discussion. But the the point, I think, that what... The most prevalent point would be you have to have a goal. You have to have a mission. And every time we took off, our mission was always the first thing we said when it was Darren and Lane are going to go fly today. We're going to take off at nine o'clock. Today's mission is this. And there were five or six that we were specialized in, but it was always focused on results. And it didn't matter if I was Older than Darren, or Darren was older than me, or he was more experienced, that was irrelevant. What mattered was, did we accomplish the mission safely within the constraints that were identified? That was what we practiced every day. At the end of our debriefing, we would go and we would unravel every part of it. How did the briefing go? How did the preparations go? How did this go? And we would look for areas of improvement. Now, that's what I did in the military. That is, that is directly applicable to real estate investing. Because our mission is this, or this, or this, ground up development, core plus strategy, value add strategy, whatever it may be. We have a business plan and we have a mission and we have uh, results that it doesn't matter why we didn't get them. It matters if we got them or we didn't get them in accordance with the constraints and good ethical business practices. That is so important and so critical. And it's really served me well.
0: Yeah, that, that's, you said it spot on. I mean, I, as you were saying, you know, accomplish the mission, focus on results, look for areas of improvement. I mean, I'm, I'm more on value add than, than ground up development. Um I'm I'm a LP in some ground up development, but um, you know, ground up development is value add, right? I mean it's taking raw land and turning it into into a finished product. But um know, yeah, there's so many different avenues to improve property and to um focus on getting results and you know, I heard somebody speak that was was really, um, you know, had a ton of experience in the, in the multifamily business. And they said, you know, if you have weekly management calls with the property management company, say you're using a third-party property management company, there's a million different things that you can bring up as improvements. But if you want to keep that property management company focused, only bring up the top two or three that is going to have the biggest impact right now. And then once that is, you know, has been developed and has been executed on, then move on to the next. I mean, so do you look at that the same way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what we did in the military, because you asked this question, Darren, to start with, what did you learn from the military? And so let me kind of back up and then apply what that that application of that backward. And so we would always say, hey, the number one mission, and I'm just going to you know, uh, put a generic one is to go bomb the target as an F 16 pilot. And so our objective was to put all the bombs on target on time. And we would start from there. The debrief would be hey, today's uh, results were we had three of the four bombs on target on time. Why did we not get the fourth or whatever the mission was? And so that's where we started. And then we backed up. Okay, the reason we didn't was because weather was in the target area because we, you know, one of our systems that we were relying on to direct the, uh, the the mission failed and we didn't have a backup. So we would, we would reverse that. Why did we not have a backup? Why did we not expect that? Why did we not have that capability? And we would back it up until the very thing, this next mission, we're going to have that capability and we're going to plan for a backup. Okay. So that was what we did every day And and the consequences are lethal. I mean, when you hit the release button, right. something's going to get blown up. Somebody's going to get dispatched or you're not going to protect the people that you need to. So it's, it's critically important. In real estate, it's the exact same application. Our application today or our results were, hey, Darren is one of our limited partners and we want to return a 7% return this quarter to Darren based on his in- investment equity. Why did we not do that? Expenses exceeded our budget. Why did they exceed our budget? Was our budget poor? Was it something we didn't project? Was our safety margin on that unknown too small? And there's so much to dig into that. Or you can also just overlook it, but if you overlook it, more than likely it's going to repeat. If you can dig into it and say, for example, I just read today from CoStar, or from Yardy, that insurance rates from last year increased 19%. Now, I don't think many people expected that two years ago, that insurance would increase so much, but it did. That's That's an example of how we were all kind of surprised. We didn't see around the corner, but that's where maybe in the future, I'm going to say, hey, let's put a safety margin And we're going to budget a five percent increase next year on this expense but let's put a safety margin either on that expense or another area so that we don't you know miss giving darren his preferred return or his expected return that's an example that's a long-winded answer i apologize for.
0: but but it's it's a real one and it's it's one that you know is is true to properties today um you know i know i had a property that when I the first syndication deal I had, I had other syndicators tell me, Hey Darren, once you close, you're gonna have a bunch of tenants leave and your occupancy is gonna drop. And I'm like, Oh no, that's not gonna to happen to me. Like that's you know, this property is different than and sure enough, it happened, right? And so now all of a sudden you're you didn't you know, we didn't budget for that type of drop. And so we had to pivot and try to figure out, well, how do we solve this problem? And, you know, thankfully we were using a property management company that had a lot of different properties in the area and they were able to take maintenance people from other properties and bring them over. And it ended up being a good thing because we turned more units faster. But that's the type of thing that like, you you didn't plan for it, but now you looked at next year, you know, in the next property, I'm going to budget in some, you know, some variance for that, some contingency. And for me, I've got in my head, all right, every new property, we have to expect a drop in occupancy because the seller may have just filled up with some tenants that, you know, aren't going to continue to pay.
1: That's very common. And Darren, let me add to that too, because this is a very, very important principle. And I want to make sure your audience hears this because it's, I love this. I heard it the other day. I loved it. I heard it a long time ago. Success in business is how well you can execute plan B. And the other way I love to say that is, is you have to have a plan for when your plan doesn't go as planned. Right? So two principles there. When we were in the military and we would brief these very complicated missions, 50, 60 aircraft, all like an orchestra. You know, this aircraft has a mission like a, the, the horns, you know, the horn section. These aircraft have this mission. These aircraft like procession have a certain mission. And the orchestrator, the, the conductor has to understand all of it and put it all together. That's a syndicator's role. That's a sponsor's role. But what happens is it never goes as planned, whether it's a small right. change or a major change. And as a real estate syndicator, operator, limited partner, general partner, doesn't matter. You have to be knowledgeable and you have to be um, wise enough to say, hey, Darren, you want me to invest with you or Lane, we want, I want you to invest with me. Here's your business model. Here's your plan. The very first question I would ask as a limited partner or as a general partner, I developed the, develop the answer as a general partner, but I certainly would ask this and promote this to all your audience that are general partners, our limited partners, is what if your plan doesn't go as planned? What if your occupancy is 93%, but what if it goes to 89%? What are we going to do then? And, and you may have an idea on that and you may not, but my point is, like I said, those two principles, success and business is how well you can execute plan B. Your plan B is occupancy 89%. Or the second is you have to have a plan for when your plan doesn't go as planned. That is, boy, that's that's that, good. That's, that's I enough. think that's middle of the street right there. And there's a lot of people that, that
0: that's huge yeah, that don't do that. It's huge. So let's talk about you know the, talk about today's world. I mean, the biggest thing that everybody is is grappling with is higher interest yeah. rates. So nobody could have forecasted it before. Um, so there are people that are syndicators that are in deals that were fortunate enough to fix their rates at low rates and and they're, they're okay because their debt service is, is fixed. And then there's a bunch of others that were doing bridge loans and floating rate loans and, you know, now their debt service has gone up and it wasn't planned for. You know, I think the thought was, you know, rates... If you have a floating rate loan, rates could go up, but nobody, I think, expected it to go up as fast and as far as it did. So, you know, how do people handle, handle that today?
1: Yeah, you're, you're exactly right, Darren. That's one of the things that I mentioned before was an unexpected uh, change that nobody, right. even unexpected the professionals, change. didn't forecast. The rates have changed 11 times in 18 months and they are projected to potentially go up even further i don't think many people even the financial professionals who have phd degrees in economics expected that and so a lot of people that were utilizing bridge debt you know in the last 2 to 4 years this was a smart move for them because uh, it was the most advantageous it was the most economical way to fund uh, properties. And so I don't really fault them for that point because, you know, um, because it had been ongoing and it was the best market.
0: You know, and- I like that you said that because, you know, I see people on social media today that are just blasting syn- other syndicators to make themselves look good and, you know, saying like, look, rather- these syndicators took out bridge loans, floating rate loans. And like at the time, it seemed like it was, just, it was the way to go. And so, but now you're in a situation that's changed and you have to pivot. So how do you handle that situation? Yep. That's a drastic situation. You're exactly right. And the market cycles, it goes
1: up and it goes down. It goes up and it goes down. And so this is, we're just in a down market. And I, I'm just, I want, I want people to hear this clearly. Okay. And, and I need to understand this. You need to understand this. Right? Even as experienced executors, this is an investment. And we may have made the best decisions possible, but even under those conditions, there's an 80% chance we'll make money, there's a 20% chance we'll lose money. Okay. That's in all markets, in all industries, in all sectors. And even with real estate, even though it's, you know, maybe less risky depending on your strategy, there is a chance you're Not going to get the returns you expected, regardless of the quality of operator, because great operators didn't foresee this. PhDs in economics didn't foresee the interest rate change. So I'm not a you know, that that's just an unrealistic expectation. And so my my answer to your question is first this, then I'll answer it. Is one is it's an investment. It is not a guarantee. If you want a guarantee, go buy a toaster from Sears. But this is an investment, and you may break even, you may lose money, you may not make the month as much money. Luckily, thank goodness, in Texas, in the last several years, most of these projects have made money, but some of them don't. In today's environment, it's been such an aggressive down market. 11 times the Feds have changed the interest rates, increased it in 18 months, more so than in the last 30 years. Nobody expected that, and there's going to be some investments that don't hit their projections. They may not make any money and they may lose money, okay? If you don't grasp that, then you shouldn't be in real estate investing because that's just the nature of it. And you don't have to kill every investment, and make a home run or triple, but you just have to have enough diversity and enough good operations and a good projects so that you can stay in the game. Okay, okay. The last question, 30 seconds, and I'll finish this up, is if you've got a property that's underwater, it's not, sell it. You don't put good money after bad money. You didn't see it. It was unexpected. It's an investment. It's time to sell it. At the best price you can get or refinance it, if that's an option, and you like this property and market, then you just have to act decisively and recognize that, I mean, I don't want on this, and that's fine. I'll take my loss, I'll lick my wounds, I'll move to the next project and, and be more successful. Long answer, sorry. That is a hard
0: No, that is a hard one to, to grasp because you know, there's because there's there is that, and then there's also, you know, I've heard people say with real estate, if you can ride it out, you know, if the cash flow can sustain itself to get to the other side then there will be better times. And you just don't wanna sell in a down market. So, you know, I guess it comes down to having to be real with the project, you know, can it come out the other side or can it not? If it can't, then lick your wounds and, and move yeah. on.
1: And Darren, I agree with you a hundred percent. So the sponsor or the the managing partner needs to make a good financial analysis and say right now we have a debt that's maturing in the year 2024 or whatever it may be 2023. If we sold today, here's our expected sale price, here's the return you would get. If we the options are to refinance long-term or short short-term refinance, the cost of that refinancing, the cost of an interest rate cap, the cost of owning the property for another seven years is x dollars and it's a very calculated and unemotional decision option one is to sell option two is to refinance on a short term period option three is to go hud financing or agency financing for a five to seven year additional hold. what are the cost of each what is the advantages and disadvantages and then remove the emotion and make the best decision for you and your limited partners. Apologize to your limited partners if you lose money, but now take that money, reinvest it at a lower cost per unit or basis point, and maybe in three to four years, you'll have made it back or you'll have
0: Make uh, it returned
1: back. it. But don't throw bad money after or good money after bad money just to save face or, hey, we need another you know, million dollars to fund an interest rate cap. Well, you got to raise your property value by a million to just break even. That may not be the best decision.
0: I I like that you said unemotional decision. And that probably comes from from being in military, too, is that, you know, you, you look at all your options and you're not emotional about it. You're just trying to pick the best option to move forward with and to execute on. I love that. Going back, you, you were, so you were, when you got into real estate investing, you started doing single family and then you got into multifamily and your first, your first syndication deal was an award-winning, uh, property. Explain what that property was and how you ended up winning that?
1: Yeah. So the very first property I bought was, and I bought and I got, I transitioned from single family to multifamily in about 2015, it took me almost two and a half years to kind of get my traction. So I was able to win um, a project that I bid on. And this was, just, I mean, it, it was just the culmination of many, many things, a lot of tremendous self-study, right? During that two and a half years. And prior to that, I was, I read every book in the i I'm in Fort Worth here. And so I read every book, about real estate investing in the Fort Worth library. So if I wasn't a real estate investor, I could have been a real estate (laughs) book reviewer. And I was just educating, training, listening to people. And I tell this people, I tell this all the time, and I hope this encourages one of your listeners who is frustrated at lack of results. You know, uh, at a birthday party, sometimes they have the pinata and they put a blindfold on, you have a bat, and then you try to bust the pinata and break the candy. Yeah. Okay, my illustration is I wasn't even in the right room. The piñata wasn't even in the room.
0: So it wasn't that you were swinging and missing. You weren't, the, the, the piñata was like on the other side in of the house. Room. Like I just was swinging even... so hard. I was hitting the wall. I was hitting the, <laughs> wall. I was hitting the ceiling fan.
1: I was hitting everything. But every time I was like, I got to swing harder. I got to, you know, swing more frequently. And, uh, and maybe some of your your uh, your audience that wants to get into multifamily investing has the same type of frustration. That's how I was. For almost two years, I was in my room with the bat, blindfold on, swinging against the wall. <laughs> and only through, and this is an important part, Darren, let me emphasize this, is I finally got some wise counsel. And the counsel <laughs> told me this. If you want to be a real estate investor or real estate sponsor Or deal promoter, whatever you want to describe it, get around those people. Don't try to DIY. Do it yourself. That doesn't work in this game. You got to have a team. You got to have counselors. You got to have coaches and mentors. Right. And so the point of this is I worked a long time to get that first deal. But when I got it, I was ready because I was knowledgeable. I was prepared and I was ready. Now, I was not good in any way. I still had a lot to learn, but um, I was ready for that first deal. And it was a really, it was a great market. It was a value add property that had been untouched. I was able to come in and and make it a really cool place. And I think that the Apartment Association of Tarrant County, which is the award I won, was uh, appreciative of this particular submarket and the property and the renovations, I was kind of like on the cusp of that uh, 2016 you know really uh return of the real estate cycle where the cycle really started to upgrade and I bought the right time and I was just able to capitalize on that again I apologize for a, I awesome. today I'm waiting
0: don't 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 apologize it's awesome like so look I, I, you bring up a very very good point I mean if you're looking to go from single family into multifamily, or if you're just looking to go directly into multifamily, the timeline is unknown. You really have to have, you know, perseverance and determination to, to get there. I've seen people do it in as as quick as 90 days, but that is like the not the norm. Most people, it's a year, you know, or more. And for Lane, you know it was two two and a half years, and he didn't give up and and now he's, you know the fir- his first deal, he won an award, and now he continues to progress in this in this market. Um, it's a fantastic industry. People um, are very collaborative and help each other, but it's difficult getting your first deal, you know, so you have to really be determined. To and persevere to, to get that.
1: And Aaron, um, Can I add a, one comment to that to your yeah. listeners who are maybe considering, you know, sponsoring their own deal is I would say as important as finding that first deal is developing your team, because if you've started out with a single family mindset, which is great, that's a great place to start or even duplex, triplex, and now you're ready to step up into that Twenty units, fifty units, seventy-five units, and you're ready to make that next level up. You gotta have a team, and if you're trying to do it yourself and be the be the repair man, be the leasing officer, you're not gonna work. It's not gonna work.
0: So talk talk about who are the team members. Yeah,
1: is okay, and this is your team members are your property manager, uh, your maintenance and repair, your financing. Uh, staff, you know, who is going to help you get the loan for this, your banker, your lender, that's an important, they're going to be the biggest partner. You have to satisfy them and keep them, you know, appeased. And so you really need to develop and network your team. You need an accountant, you need a lawyer. And so when you go to these seminars, when you listen to Darren's podcast, and today you're interviewing a a real estate sponsor. Tomorrow you're interviewing a real estate lawyer. And you think, well, I don't need a lawyer. I'm, you know, I'm not getting sued or anything. You do. And that's where you start collecting. And I'm talking to your audience here, the ones that want to, you know, sponsor deals is you go, Hey, I remember on Darren's podcast last week, he talked to Lane Bean as a sponsor. Let me reach out to Lane and ask him what this is. The next week he talked to John Smith, a lawyer. Let me put his name down there because I liked what he had to say. And when I need him, I'm going to be able to lean on. If you don't have a team, you don't have anything. And if you try to get one of these properties that are, you know, 30, 40 units, and you're trying to run it like a single family DIY, do it yourself. You're going to fail. You just can't do it. There's not enough time in the day. You don't have enough experience. You don't have enough knowledge to do it.
0: I completely agree. Um, I'll give a couple examples. One being like somebody that's new, maybe a younger guy is like, look, I don't have the experience. How am I going to raise money from, say, older people like, to, that have the money? I'm like, well, if you, if you build a team that has a property management company that has 5,000 units in the market that you're looking to buy, that all of a sudden brings credibility. They're not just looking at you. They're looking at, okay, these guys are going to be managing the day-to-day. I'm using a, an attorney that specializes in syndication deals. So I'm covered there. You know, I'm partnering with a guy who's done 10 syndications. So you may not have the experience, but you're partnering with somebody that does. So now you're not just, you know, people like you that are in your network, but they, you know, initially think that you may not have the experience level for them to put their money in. But then all of a sudden, when you start talking about your team, they're like, holy cow, he's, he's really got a bunch of players involved. And now you, now you look like you know what you're doing, and you do, because you have counsel. You have, you know, you have a group that's going to provide you that wise counsel, as Lane would put it. That's
1: excellent. You summed it up much better than I did, Darren.
0: No, it was collective. Um, you know, another, another example would be, like, when I got involved, I was really nervous about the due diligence. All right, I'm going to buy an apartment community and – What if there's foundation issues? What if there's electrical issues? What if there's, you know, all these issues that I was, like, in my mind was afraid of. And I surrounded myself with other people that had already done it and asked them, like, how do you get past this? And they were like, that's easy. You just hire this guy. And, you for, for me, I hired Brian Amos at Omni, but there's other people that do the same thing. And they come on site and they do bring all the, the trades and they, they do the due diligence and then share their, hey, you might have a plumbing issue here. You might have an electrical issue here. You either need to budget this much money or you know, you're, not, you're not gonna, you may end up having repairs that you didn't, weren't aware of. Well, that's, that's huge. Now you decide whether you can afford to do that or not.
1: Darren, I love what you have to say there. This is what I... This is my advocates, because I just told you, I started, I went two and a half years in the wrong room, swinging at pinatas, right? And part of that was I didn't have the right team. I had this mentality, I'm going to save a nickel, I'm going to do it myself. And, and you just right. can't do that, right? And so what I recognize now is this principle that I, I hold on this thing like a dog holds a bone. Tell is me. When you work with amateurs, they... They cost you money when you work with professionals. They make you money, right? And so cultivate your team. If you're a sponsor, put on your team professionals and constantly call your harvest and your team to say, hey, this guy in due diligence is an expert in electrical um, electrical analysis or Chiller HVAC, or foundation. He's an expert. He's fantastic. I'm going to put that guy into my Rolodex or my contacts list. And the next property I get, that's the first phone call I'm going to make. Hey, Darren, I I need a foundation or I need due diligence here. Can you coordinate your team? If you're a professional, you will make me so much money. But if you're an amateur and I'm trying to save and nickel and dime, it's going to cost me. A lot of money. So what you said there was absolutely correct. If you work with amateurs, they cost you money. If you work with professionals, they make you money. Work with professionals.
0: That's, that's huge. You know, I had some people that would say, hey, I would join this mentorship group, but, but they're charging this much money. And, um, and I'm thinking to myself, well, if that guy goes and does it himself and buys an apartment complex, he may end up spending way more money." on problems. Now, you don't have to join a mentorship group to, to, but you do have to surround yourself with other people. So you, you know, that have done it. So you can go to conferences, you can go to free meetup groups, but, you know, talk to and develop relationships with other people that have done what you want to do
1: for sure. 100% agree with what you said there, Darren. And I hope that your audience here's the clarity and the simplicity of what you just summarized and they applicate and they uh, execute. It'll save them a year of searching. It'll save them seven figures. (laughs) It'll save them a huge Huge number. If they can spend a thousand dollars with an advisor that tells them do this, do this, look here, look behind this crack, that $1,000 will be a million dollar return. I mean, it's, but you have to, you have to surround yourself with professionals and you have to have the wisdom and business acumen to identify who's blowing smoke and who's a professional, who's a pretender and who's a professional.
0: Right. All right. So this one's a difficult one. Um, how, how do you counsel somebody like you, you persevered, you got into the space and you, I, I could hear the passion in your voice. You you love the space how do you get somebody that is interested they're building up the knowledge maybe they went to the library and read every real estate book but they can't get themselves to take action either invest as an lp or you know buy a duplex or a fourplex or get into apart you know larger scale apartments like how do you counsel somebody to take action after they've got the knowledge. So they've got the knowledge, but making action is tough, it's
1: scary. And Darren, this is a, uh, I love this conversation. I really do. I could talk, this could be a week long. Podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to be that. I, I normally don't speak as much as I do, but I, I love this. Okay. So I don't really teach real estate. I teach the abundant lifestyle, right? So mm. I believe that each of us has a divine purpose that's singular to you. That is your passion, right? I love to fly. I love, and, and, and let me just say, maybe you love coaching your high school kids. Maybe you love participating in your church. Maybe you love community involvement, but most of those things don't provide the financial security that you could do it full time. That's your passion, but you have financial obligations that you have to meet and coaching high school basketball on a volunteer basis doesn't pay that, right? But that's what you really love to do. You wake up and you think, I'm going to teach my kids. I'm going to work with my family. I'm going to work in the community, work in the church, whatever it is. Every one of us has a unique purpose that I think you've been assigned to do. But unfortunately, right, we have to make financial commitments and, that, and whatever we like doesn't do that. Okay. So my point on this is you have to have that motivation to create the the abundant lifestyle which is three things right and this is what this is my essence of what i teach it's not real estate investing i can teach you that in five minutes but if you don't buy this you're not a real estate investor and you shouldn't be it's the financial security aspect but here are the other two that we don't talk about that are so important with passive income is the autonomy of your schedule and the freedom of time. All right. So I'm gonna say that again because it's so important. This is the elements of what you just said. Why can't I do it? Is because you haven't under you don't understand the power of what I'm talking about. You have the financial security to pay your bills, to pay your current lifestyle, to pay your future, or pay whatever you want, gold-plated helicopters. You can get that in real estate. The other two are so important because I see professionals that make a lot of money but they work 80 hours a week. They have no time to commit to their family. They have no time to follow their passion, boy scout, girl scout leader. And so you have to have the autonomy of time and then you have to have the freedom of schedule, right? Passive income is the best process. So you have your investment dollars making you money, right? And then they give you freedom, financial security, autonomy of schedule, freedom of time. That if you can buy into that and you can uh, and you can recognize the power of compound interest time, then hopefully it will motivate you to take the daily actions to execute an investment as a limited partner or as a general partner. Otherwise, I mean, there's a lot of risk in investment and there's a lot of effort and self-education. And you're probably not gonna do it if you just think, well, I'm just gonna make more money. That's important, but recognize the other components that are so much more important. I can't I can't invent I can't save time. I can save money, but I cannot save those minutes every day you and I have 1440 minutes. Tomorrow, you have the exact same amount of time. A billionaire will have that time and a homeless person under the bridge will have the exact same amount of time. How will they utilize it? Will they leverage their time? Will they leverage their capital? And if they do, they're on the way to success. If they don't and they get, and they get leveraged by other pinches, then, you know, they're, they're not going to make progress. I didn't answer your question, but that's the best I can do.
0: No, I think, I think you did. I think, it's, I think that's great. Um, I love that you, you put in the divine purpose. You know, it, look, everybody doesn't have to be passionate about real estate. You're obviously passionate about real estate. I'm passionate about real estate, but you don't have to be passionate about real estate, but you could still utilize real estate to meet your other goals so that you have the time to spend, you know, where your divine purpose
1: is. In your passion. That's my goal. I wake up every day thinking, and this is my tagline. I love this. My job, Darren, is to help you become a better millionaire. And I say, you may be a multi-millionaire, you may be a millionaire, or you may be a future millionaire. But my job at Pilot Legacy is to help you become a better millionaire for one purpose, so that you can be rich in every way, so you will be generous on every occasion. And you can find and have the assets of time and capability so that you can pursue that passion that you've been assigned. Maybe it's save the whales off the Alaskan coast. It's not my view, <laughs> but if that's yours, right. great. We need somebody doing that. And mine is something right. else. Uh, working the Boy Scouts or gr- whatever, you know, working with my children or working in the community. Great. But we all have this passion that we've been created for. I think it's a divine purpose that's been uniquely given to each of us. But unfortunately, we don't have most of those don't have the financial uh, engine to support your lifestyle. And so you lose your passion by getting into this mundane routine, you know, dog washing or dog walking work that you hate and you, you lose your passion. I want you to help you find your passion. And I have to do that by That's- providing you the financial stability so you can go out and take a volunteer job at the city, but you're making a huge difference because that's what you felt in your heart, your, your is and your calling is for. That's what I get charged up about. That's what I'm excited to help people.
0: I, do. I love that. There was, there's a story that reminds me of that is, uh, I interviewed a guy who was a fireman. He was a like, uh, and I don't know why, but it was, he was pulled over after, uh, an accident. And, and he was talking to the police officer and the police officer said, Oh, you're into real estate investments. And he explained that he had, I don't, I can't even remember how many homes the police officer did. And so the guy I interviewed said, look, you know, if you own all those homes, you must be pretty wealthy. Like what, why are you still a police officer? He I, I love it. This is what I, this is what I love to do. And The real estate was providing him the security and the abundant lifestyle, but he loved being a police officer and that's what he continued to do. So, hey, with that, listeners, Lane can show you the way. So how do people reach you? How do people get to know you better?
1: I love to talk to people. I love to share that idea of the abundant lifestyle and helping you become a better millionaire. That's my goal. It's not to give you a good project. That's part of it. That's the vehicle. But my goal is to help you find your passion, help give you that structure so that in the future, you can do that. Pilot-Legacy.com Lane, L-A-N-E dot B-E-E-N-E at Pilot-Legacy.com I love to talk to people and I love to share my Uh, enthusiasm for the abundant lifestyle.
0: That's awesome. Lane, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed that one. Um, Here's another guy who just has tremendous passion to help others. So with that, signing off until next week. Thank you for listening to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show at darrenbatchelder.com. If you liked the episode, please provide us with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. If you already provided us with a five-star review, then thank you. And please share the show with a friend.